Hello. 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 Listeners, I'm your host, Sully. Here with me, as always, is none other than JJ and Tom. Hey. 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 And now we can finally answer the burning question that's been bothering people for for generations. What happened to Chuck? Ah, yes, 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 yes. Chuck Cunningham. <laughs> oh uh, man. <laughs> we still don't know. We don't know. Oh man. So <laughs> he got sent he got sent to numb, man. <laughs> Chuck Cunningham went just went just like smoked some weed and never left the room. <laughs> no, Chuck Cunningham was the one he would smoke a lot of weed, man. Oh, and then man. imagine the whole series, man. This is dream. Like in St. Elmer. Oh, that Chuck- kind of dream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we gotta see if it's possible to connect Happy Days to the damn sales reverse. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Surely they went to Norm's. No, adventures. no. No. Um, <laughs> and then what happened, and then what happened, man, is they was in the St. Elsewhere universe and then and it, one then we switched over and it was Bob Newhart and Suzanne Plachette. It was all a dream, man. It was all a dream. Oh, I got a theory about that. That's really funny. <laughs> that's really connecting Newhart to that to that whole dream sequence thing. I, I believe but, it. He appeared um, in it after. <laughs> but that's Wait. another. T- another time, another interpretation. We'll do a funny rating. Um. So we are talking about, yes, the Happy Days Saga, which spawned every other spinoff on APC from Mark and Mindy, Out of the Blue, infamous stuff like Laverne and Shirley, Joni Loves Chachi, and Blansky's Beauties. Oh, and Who's Minding the Kids? (laughs) Who's Minding the Kids? It's not even listed on there. And an awful cartoon show. (laughs) You have to see it. It's amazing. It's kind of weird because you look at Happy Days and you think, how many sh- you know at that time Gary Marshall had how many shows on TV? <laughs> you know, and you're sitting there and you're like, you know, it was between him, um, Don Belisario, Stephen J. Cannell, um, Norman Lear. Yeah, it's definitely Lear. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and you know, and all you know, Lear and Lene Larson, I think we just Lene Larson, oh, you know, who had what on there? And and to me. Gary Marshall's like the man, you know, he's the legend, you know. Love him. Everyone uh, should watch his uh director's episode where he just talks about how he encouraged his sister Penny to take a directing, how he basically just he, he would use humor to counteract just humor that wasn't working. Like that's the way he's wired is just always amazing anytime you hear him talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, and the thing I loved about him is that he was just so good at discussing things and when he talks about happy days and he didn't really he didn't think it was going to work you know yeah just taking a chance um, and never he just came out of the odd couple because the odd couple mm-hmm. until 75 and <laughs> you know happy days almost got canceled i think after the first or second season and well, can we let's start at how it happened? You know, <laughs> um, it, it definitely was that. I mean, 
it, he didn't know if it would be the odd couple 2.0 or if it was just going to be a totally different gamble. But hey, he brought Al Molinero along. So, <laughs> well, he brought a yeah, lot of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, he he knew all these guys that were. You know, the great thing was that he he did the odd couple right, and he had you know he had Gary Paris with him, you know as a director mm -hmm. so that helped you know because jerry paris we all know was you know was was uh the the you know the dentist jerry the dentist on and dyke and when that ended he became a director and he was a well-respected um tv director absolutely so, so you know he brings jerry paris happy days is kind of like you know I, <laughs> I'm trying to put happy days is kind of like they had a sh an episode of love american style mm -hmm. called love yeah. and the television yes and it was the cunninghams right mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. had you had harold gould as howard cunningham great character actor one of the best character actors i think of all time mm -hmm. um harold gould marion ross you had you know uh Forgot who else. It was, you know, Richie, you know, Richie Cunningham, you know, um, you know, Ronnie Howard. You had uh, Patsy Weber, who was Anson Williams. And there was another guy on that show, and it wasn't Ralph Mouth. <laughs> yeah. It was it was another guy in that episode, right? I, I don't know so. what. It, yeah, I don't. I, it was because I don't think Donnie Most was doing anything just yet. And yeah, he started later Ron Howard stuff, but yeah, he was just getting started basically when Happy Days just took off, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and then not only that, you also had American Graffiti, which had Ronnie Howard in it. Mm-hmm. And excellent classic. And I always challenge a Star Wars fan. Hey, you're a George Lucas fan. Yeah. But have you seen that or Willow? No. Okay. Well, uh, have, you, have you guys ever seen? Yeah, I was like, I always just tell people. Watch American Graffiti. You'll you'll understand why Luke Skywalker is the way he is. Well, watch <laughs> THX eleven thirty eight. You'll understand yeah, Endor yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so American Graffiti kind of gave Ronnie Howard the push to become Richie, um, and you know Cindy Williams is in that. Oh yeah. So that's kind of like yeah she's gonna she's gonna get Laverne and Shirley down the road. She's also in a movie called Gas, which is a great cult movie um from the early one. 70s was that roger corman or was that... yeah i think it was yeah yeah and you know the odd couple you know had al molinero on it you know as murray the cop yeah so you know he was he was doing you know he was doing it um bosley had done some tv shows mary and ross had done way, some tv shows this is way so, before his later cbs shows like fodder dowling <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, uh winkler obviously this role made him uh and kind of like captain kirk everybody wanted to be the fonz because he gets all the well, chicks winkler, <laughs> winkler got the job because supposedly mickey dolan's tried out for the for the mm -hmm. role but he was too tall so <laughs> mickey dolan's was almost the fonz but the thing, <laughs> the thing you watch is if you watch a movie called The Lords of Flatbush, that's a great movie. I love where that he one. plays he plays a greaser. That's mm -hmm. kind of like the proto Fonz. He's the smart yeah. guy who's who's more street smart than book smart, but he knows you know his character 
is really smart. And you know, don't I mean, yeah, Lords of Flatbush Flatbush is not a great movie, but it's a good movie to watch, you know. Right, so, I know what you mean. It, it, he's yeah. taking the S.E. Hinton style described in The Outsiders, and then he's taking a big step uh, other in that he he wants to go beyond just the gang. He wants to be a community leader kind of in yeah. a way, and he's just fun at just kind of getting everyone out of their shell. He know, yeah, there's no turning his humor off. Like that is him in a nutshell. Uh, we have plenty of other people in here too. We have Ted McGinley, also known as the Show Killer. Yeah, and Ted McGinley broke the streak with Married with Children. children. <laughs> yeah, and that one psych episode. Oh, but <laughs> we got Crystal Bernard years before Wings. We got, <laughs> we got, you've got, well, the later seasons, you've got Crystal Bernard, you've got Pat Morita, uh, Heather O'Rourke, Heather, you've yep. got, uh, uh, Linda Pearl, it, um, man, Linda Pearl. <laughs> Kathy Silvers yes. playing Jenny yes. Piccolo. Um, who else was in that show? Like, like if you go through the cast, there's a lot of people that you know joined and left, joined and left, joined them. You know, they they stayed, they went, they stayed, they went. You know, guest appearances. Not as many of the usual stuff that plagues most shows, where three different actors play two to five different roles. It's kind of pretty set for the most part. <laughs> well, you got you got some characters in that show where it's like you know you got. Uh, Officer Kirk, yes. you know, the, 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 yes. dick, you know, and you're just, <laughs> you're just like, and then you see Officer Kirk later on an episode of uh, Laverne and Shirley where he plays a passenger on the plane where <laughs> Laverne and Shirley are flying the plane, and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> like they wouldn't. Officer Early, I've got a problem with you, you know. You've got Warren Berlinger, uh, oh, man. playing three different roles. I think so. You know, oh man, you you guys all know who Warren Burlinger was, right? Uh, not uh, off the top of my head. head no, you guys see Cannonball Run? Yes, I did. Remember the oh, guy yes. who's riding with Burt Convy? Oh, is it the that, very, very opening or is it later? Yeah. In the, okay, he's, he's the guy opening. who runs the who runs the piece. He's like, he's he was kind of heavy set, but he was really funny. He was Milton Burl's, I think, like cousin or something like that. Um, okay. So well, he hopefully was, he was nicer than Milton Burl. <laughs> yeah, supposedly he was. Um, so Warren, <laughs> he just passed away like two years ago, from what I remember. Um, so, so Warren Burlinger was on that show like two or three times. Um, they had Jesse White came on. Um, the, well, for, first off, you got to think. Okay, so they create the show because of this nostalgia for the fifties. Cause you got to realize it's the early seventies. Totally. You know, we're still getting out of Nixon. Hell, and... we're seeing that nowadays. People want a retro movie nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, back then, yeah. People wanted to talk about the fifties. What? Yeah. Make it more than it just, was, you know, and make it more than just a grandparent tell. Just like, Hey, here's what the dealio is. Well, the parent, it's the parents the parents were like nostalgic for it and there was a wave of 50s nostalgia going on because you know a lot of the rock and roll guys were coming back mm-hmm. you know and Elvis you know of their days and Elvis, yeah. El, you know all those guys and you know uh marshall was like okay i just did a, I just did a great shot with the odd couple let me go do a show about the 50s and it's, <laughs> he, he, he you know he takes the love american style thing and he says, all right, let's just make, let's, I'm starting to sound like him too. 
Let's do a TV show about <laughs> yeah, the 50s. Kid. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a TV show about the 50s. Maybe it'll work. So what happens is that they uh they adapt, they they begin to adapt it. Um and they bring in, you know, they, they bring in they bring in the, the talent that they need. And it's the first season is kind of like they shoot it like the first two seasons of the odd couple mm, which yeah. is single camera they don't do and you can tell it's like it's like the sets are kind of cramped up right you know it's it's you know they they have you know they have guest stars you know it's guys well you know like um who is it the guy who played Bl- uh dorothy's husband on uh well uh, cheryl ladd was on an episode uh who else maureen mccormick was on an episode yeah cheryl uh, there's another b-movie name cheryl, tom there's, hanks there's, is in one doing karate in a fight or some shit yeah that's yeah. like a later episode i but, remember that one <laughs> uh, and, and there's supposed there's supposedly a, a bad blood between him and henry winkler for something uh i'm sorry well. yeah yeah um but at least that's entertaining scene, to us but <laughs> The first seasons they bring in a who was it? Uh, what the hell was that guy's name? They had the guy played Cough, Stan- I noticed. No, stands the guy who played Stanley Zabornak um, on Golden Girls. Oh my god! Oh god! Let me look him up. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stan, oh, Herb Edelman. Yeah, Herb is on that show. I do and recall he, him. Didn't yeah, he? Her- own one part of the bar or be one of the restaurant guys at one point what for arnold's uh, unhappy days i thought he showed up no no he was he was a burglar in one episode oh, okay he robs he tries to rob the cunningham's house <laughs> and they call fonzie up they call fonzie up and uh they tell him they like he delivers a pizza and they got the, the burglar in the in the thing he's like so fonzie just takes a chair and like jams it against the door because he's in the closet, you know, <laughs> yes. and Clint they, Howard's I mean, in one, also playing a robber. How appropriate! Who, who's that? Clint Howard's also plays a robber in one episode. I saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, really? How did I miss that? <laughs> um, who was it? Also, was in it. Uh, you know, so those that first those first two seasons are kind of like they're they're kind of cramped mm-hmm. style wise. Not only that, you know, they they have rock around the clock instead of that really great theme that came out mm-hmm. you know yeah. that we all remember um yeah, I know. <laughs> it is an earworm it will be stuck in your head for days um and the the, the thing is is that you watch that show yeah it, it's it's portraying the 50s as a really good time and you know the thing is you know the, the father-son dynamic between howard and and richie is really good and the mother, you know, the mother dynamic is, you know, she's funny. They got the little girl, you know, Joni. It was naturally like, funny. It was good at just opening up a dialogue, kind of like Family yeah. Ties a decade later, yeah. but not to the point where you're just like, oof, like this isn't balancing the comedy or drama out well no. at all. But no, I can no. totally see why it and the monkeys dominated just TV just because they were just so good at just blending all those genre elements and just being so speedy and uh for anyone who's wants to see it definitely check out uh the recent uh inside the actor studio episode uh with henry winkler because like he just 
offers so much just wonderful details that not even a blu-ray could do service to on yeah. the improv that was involved with the show and keeping it cranking with the already established schedule yeah and not only that but you see it's <laughs> it it was richie those first couple seasons it was about yes richie. it was, it was about, <laughs> yeah it, it was about richie it was about you know him ralph and posse you know mm-hmm. going to chicago and not having enough money to pay the bill on a you know when they go see a club and the Realistic club stakes. And, uh, yeah without um, being just like hey this is depressing or too real i don't want to watch yeah. it it's like we're we're down for the count because they're just so charismatic we want to see what pickle they can get in it's not just hey can i win over a girl at the prom tomorrow it's all kinds of just like you say just a winning formula it it knows when to even cut back and say hey we're just right this is getting too complex let's lighten the mood with some humor <laughs> and 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 yeah, as the first Christmas show they do is a really good show. They bring Fonzie over to the house. Um and the thing is too, you know, you got you got Chuck Chuck Cunningham. And here's the thing that I found out and the reason why Chuck Cunningham was written out was because Fonzie's more of an older brother to Richie than <laughs> Chuck was. <laughs> Chuck nice. Chuck Chuck in those first couple seasons and that's Gal Galvin O'Hurley he who just passed away. Yes. And I forgot who else played Chuck in that second season. He's kind of like a dumbass, you know. He's he's just really <laughs> sort of like he's just there to be kind of like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, dad, you know, oh that works, dad. You know, it's just he's just he's just there filling up a space for something, you know. <laughs> and Fonzie comes along and Fonzie's like the cool guy they all love. And oh, don't we? And the thing is, Fonzie was Fonzie. They didn't like Fonzie standards and practices. If you watch those first couple seasons, he doesn't wear a leather jacket. He wears a mm-hmm. windbreaker. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they're kind of they're kind of and, and Gary Marshall's going, look, he's just wearing a leather jacket. He's not a tough hood. Right. He doesn't do anything wrong. Well, uh, you know, um, if people freak okay. out, we got to surrender because it's just stupid how it often yeah. happens. And the thing was, is that Fonzie, you know, those first two seasons, it's it's good. But then they switched to the three camera format and a live audience. Yeah. And that's when things pick up like a like like a snowball. Boom. They're out. They're out the gate, you know, because remember the house, the house looks the same, but now it's a stage set instead of, you know, having rooms and stuff like that, you know. Um, do you think they'll ever release all eleven seasons on Blu-ray, or is it just too far gone? The music could just CBS I don't, never cough up. I can't see them doing all eleven seasons. I think, I think you would do two parts. You do one, two, three, four, five, and then six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I saw they um, got up to episodes or season seven, and then they got into just another pickle where they were just like, okay. We can keep going, but we're going to have to compromise all the music. And fans were like, oh, fuck no. I don't want to buy it then. So then they were like, okay, fuck it. We're not doing it. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> how much is it? I mean, how much is it to pay off some of the people? You know, because um, you have all of Leave it to Beaver and you fought every other claim saying you owe money to these other production companies. So what is the deal? <laughs> well, the thing is, too, is that Happy Days took off. Yeah. You know, and there's no denying it. <laughs> it took off like a rocket that's latter second season into that third season 
it took off like a rocket. So now, you know, Fonzie becomes a breakout character because Everyone everybody's wants to be him still. I still see people yeah. dress up as him. So yeah, that exactly. will soften your spirits. <laughs> and and you know, Richie's now becoming a secondary, not a secondary. They still have Richie, you know, Richie's dilemmas, but the Fonz has to solve them or he jumps in at the last minute, you know, or something like yeah. that. And 70, let's see. When did Happy Days first go on? 74? Approximately, yeah. Okay. So you got to think 70, let's see, the third, fourth, maybe the fourth season. They bring in, I think it's the third season, they bring in two girls from Milwaukee. Yeah. Who work yes. at a brewery. Yeah. And Fonzie sets up on a sets them up on a date. So it's Richie and Fonzie, Richie and Fonzie, with these two girls, Lafern, La, Laverne DeFazio and Shirley Feeney. Shirley Feeney. Now, oh, yeah. watch that episode, right? And mm-hmm. Shirley is a tough broad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how you doing there? You know, like that. She's like that. <laughs> And Laverne is, you know, Laverne's, and you got to realize Penny Marshall had, had just done The Odd Couple, right? Yep. So she she came back, you know, she her and Cindy Williams were writing. And I think Gary Marshall said, look, can you and your, can you and your writing partner come on and just be two girls who work at a brewery? And they're like, okay, fine, no problem. You know, so they wrote these two. So then that brought up, the first spinoff, yep. Laverne and Shirley. Okay, mm-hmm. that Correct. takes off. So now Gary Marshall's got two shows to to do. Happy Days now is taken off. Fonzie has become a juggernaut. You know, the shows is juggernaut. Yeah. You know, I, if you remember, they had action figures, lunch boxes, you know, games, you know, motorcycles, t-shirts, t-shirts all of. that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Dinnerware, I mean, it's... yeah, dinnerware, you know. Um, and the thing was, was that from what we understand, Ronnie Howard was getting pissed off <laughs> because he he said to the producers, Look, this is about Richie. I don't know, he's like, I'm, I'm nothing against Henry, but you know, I feel like I'm getting written. And 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 Henry Winkler, and I think Gary Marshall took it and says, Don't worry, something's gonna happen, don't leave the show. <laughs> don't leave the show you're you're, you're we got it it'll balance out and it started to balance out because now all of a sudden we had richie starting to you know go into college He's and there's the famous part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's there's him you know him him you know when he went to college it got better but you know when he was still you know even there's episodes of him in high school where it's like you know he's still in high school okay now he's going to go to college but he has to go to california first and that's the famous, you know, jumping, jumping the, the shark, shark episode. episode. You know, <laughs> and the thing I love about that episode is all of a sudden, you know, Joni's grown up. Yes. Joni's, mm-hmm. you know, like, what the hell? My, fr- my, fr- my friend and me were watching it one day and he just says to me, Joni has tits. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> she was just a little, she was just a little, like, there's one episode I love um, where, it's after Richie goes to college. Joey's gonna go on her first date, right? Yes. And 
and you've seen this episode, right? I'm sure. Fonzie, I'm, I'm Fonzie so and Richie are telling her how to protect yourself on a date. <laughs> and they're doing this, and you could tell Henry Winkler is trying hard not to crack up. Oh, yeah. yeah he's just and, as bad as Harvey Corman on oh, Burnett, because, where you're just because, like, look away, look away. I can see you laughing. <laughs> because he's playing the girl and Richie's playing the Richie's playing the guy and you know it's like it's like I'll do the old arm stretch. You know, the arm stretch, yeah, that always works, the Cunningham arm stretch. And they, they're doing this and like you could tell they were just winging it at some point. Oh they had you to. know they were just like going <laughs> and you can they cut over to um Aaron Moran's face and she's cracking up because they're just they're just doing this this really good improv. But the thing was is that Richie Richie's Richie began to get more stories and about the fifth season or fourth season, they introduced an alien character from outer space. Mm-hmm. Yep. The longest time I, you know, I've seen plenty of it growing up, but I never put two in together. It's like he started there. Well, that makes sense, but yeah, Still, well, actually, Rob, Robin Williams was on Laughing, the the seventies remake of Laughing. Oh, okay, and then and it was supposed to, it was supposed to be he wasn't the breakout comedian. It was supposed to be Lenny Schultz. This is going off on a tangent, but and then Robin, Robin got the job of Happy Days because they kept trying to get an alien. They kept trying a guy who was like crazy because you know an alien because Gary Marshall's son had just seen Star Wars. <laughs> and he says, "Why don't you do a show about an alien who comes to Earth?" And Gary's like, "All right, let's figure it out. We'll do it. We'll see what happens." Blah blah blah. So it was supposed to be John Biner. Oh damn! Gonna, mm-hmm. And he didn't get it. And Robin Williams came in, and he said, "Oh, you're an alien." And he, what he did was he turned around, he sat on his head yes. in the chair, and that's what won him over. So they got. Uh, that's how Mork and Mindy started. <laughs> that episode of my you know my you know of, of happy days him showing up trying to take the fonz back to orc <laughs> it's as so that's as so, close as they get to sci-fi and happy days the rest of the time yeah. it's like whatever <laughs> yeah, at least until the, and, until the ill-fated cartoon oh yeah well, don't get me started <laughs> on that do uh, so, like so yeah. as times as time's going on you know he's got okay now he's got three shows in the top 20, he's got Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy. So he decides to make another show on the side called Blansky's Beauties with Nancy Walker. Okay. 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 I haven't seen Which that one, he, but sure I, I, have seen, I have seen the beginning of it. Um, <laughs> the thing I remember the most is Nancy Walker um was in it so was um what's his face uh carmine ragusa um, oh yeah Ed, eddie Ed, something or eddie shit i'm sorry i i wish i knew this guy I... no let me get it let me hold on <laughs> just as once dun, 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 but dun, dun, dun. it is interesting how like you say like many shows that create their own universe we 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 talk so much shit about all these other spinoffs, and Mork's Eddie, kind of the only successful. Eddie oh. Mech was in it. Nancy Walker, Carol Kay, Linda Goodfriend, 
Scott Baio was in it. No. Mm-hmm. And Pat Morita was in it because Pat Morita played Arnold. So right. Arnold so Arnold went to Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing I love is they bring in Al Molinero. And Al Molinero is hilarious. I think he was as as uh as uh Al. I think he was great. I yeah. loved him. I mean, in many ways, he always looked to me like a more obese in the face, uh, Henry Winkler. And, uh, he, but he, yeah, he's, he, he, he was, was like great. every man in that show. But Blansky's Beauties only lasted 13 episodes. <laughs> and talk about this. Oh my God. So what happens is, is that, you know, Eddie Mecca was doing double duty at that time because mm-hmm. he was still Laverne and Shirley and he was filming um Blansky's beauties and that he was he was Joe DeLuca Joe DeLuca was supposedly Carmine Ragusa's cousin so they like <laughs> shows up on Blan- he shows up on Laverne Shirley gets a big hand because everybody knows he's on Blansky's back you know because Blansky's beauties got canceled and <laughs> Karen Kay she was a blonde actress who was really hot Oh yes, uh, I yes. They, these guys. I, I'm very convinced. I know it's not true that they must and have just looked at every other person on the Brady Bunch and say, "Can you give us someone like that?" You give us <laughs> Marcia. Yeah, Carol Kay. All right, boom, she goes in. Linda Goodfriend was on the show, so then they that gets canceled. So then they retool it to who's watching the kids, and that show only lasted so Blancy's beauties only go, goes on for february march april may june so it's about five months in 77 okay mm-hmm. and then it goes to who's watching the kids which is 78 september 78 to december 78 talk about a a short run right mm-hmm. and that's um that was kind of like another Gary Marshall show on NBC, which had, okay, Carol Kay, Linda Goodfriend, Scott Baio, Tammy Lauren, James Belushi, and Larry Breeding. Okay. That's James Belushi's first show <laughs> I, before his working stiffs with Mike Keaton. Damn. So that only lasted a couple of, so they pulled that. And then all of a sudden, okay, Scott Baio shows up. And he's Chachi Arcola, and he's going to go after. He's going to be Fonzie's nephew, or cut was he his cousin, right? I think so. I think his cousin. They were they were in very deep. <laughs> yeah, so they bring him along, and he had just done. I think he just done Bugsy Malone like a year before that, so he kind of was well known. And he's this, you know, he's this cute little Italian kid who's basically hey. a hustler. You know, he's a hustler, you know, Chachi Arcola. I remember that name very well. So then he starts hitting on Joni. So now we've got that going on. All right. And that that'll build in later episodes and later seasons. OK. Right. Um, do you feel like we, there were any weaker seasons or did it all kind of flow together? What do you what, what do you what was that again? Do you think Happy Days flowed pretty well ultimately or did it run out of steam the last two years? I think it ran out of steam. Okay, so everybody says it jumped the shark when they did the Hollywood episodes. No, I think it no. after <laughs> after Ron Howard and Donnie Most left. 
and I yeah. can I left because Ron Howard wanted to do mo- movies. He yep. just done uh, Grand Theft Auto, which yep. was a big. Hit. He directed he, and wrote, started with his dad and brother. Yep. Yeah, and he just done a TV movie called The Magic Pyramid or Tut and Tuttle, which had, <laughs> which had Gino Conforti, who you'll know as the as uh, in the Candyman episode, he's one of the one of the henchmen with Richard huh? Mall. Gino wow. Conforti. Gino Conforti, you'd know as um, Miguel from Three's Company. Oh wow! He, he is he is the he is one of the Gary Marshall Gary Marshall Ron yeah. company of players. You know, um, he was just he's still I think he's still working. I don't know, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you know, so that kind of. They kind of wrote, they, you know, and so they wanted to get them out. So they, they, and, and you know, Ronnie Howard was like, okay, listen, just write it that Richie and Mouth got into the army and they're going to be stationed somewhere else. And that, that to me was when Happy Days ended. You know, Happy Days really, <laughs> they, they, they kept going. Right. Those four more seasons. Um, you know, they, they made the romance between Joni and Chachi, and everybody remembers before that Arnold's burned down. Yeah, I think I saw that one. Yeah, and you know we had a lot of good episodes after that. We had the one where uh, you know we met Pinky Tuscadero and Leather mm-hmm. Tuscadero, and I had the hots for Leather. I didn't like Pinky. Pinky was too, you know, Ross. <laughs> Ross Kelly was just too off the wall for me. I liked Susie Quattro better, you know. Um, okay. You know, we met Richie's girlfriend, uh, Lori Beth, which is a great episode. Um, because to me, it's the, the, the one where Richie and uh, Fonz get caught in the girls' dormitory, right? Yes. Yeah, it's it's one of the best episodes. First off, Richie's despondent because he doesn't have a date for like the fall dance or something like that, right? Yep. So Ronnie Howard does one of the Ron Howard does one of the best comp comic bits ever. He he meets Lori Beth, right? Right. Doesn't know who she is, right? Doesn't remember her. He's reading, he's like, he's in the library. He says, Yeah, Fonz, you see that girl just threw war piece in my head, you know. And and it's like everybody's cracking up, and then he's he's sitting there at the at the table with Lori Beth. Lori Beth's giving him the eye, mm-hmm. and he's, he's just going through the pages, like closes. Oh, what a great book! Great book! Great start! Beautiful finish. There you go. <laughs> and he does this bit, and it's like then he goes back, and they're making out at her, you know, at her room. They have to be out by ten o'clock. So then. Fonzie comes in with Lori Beth's roommate, right? Mm-hmm. They have a, a mother, a, a house mother called Mother Dunbar, right? She was a World War II yes. vet, right? So, <laughs> yes. so, so then they have to run out to see if the coast is clear. So then they gotta hide, and and Richie tells Richie tells um, Fonzie, "Look, we gotta dress up in their nightgowns, or we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna get caught." He's like, "I am not wearing a dress." Oh come on, <laughs> come on, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemon, some like it hot, Uncle Milty. He goes, 
Davy Crockett didn't wear a dress at the Alamo. And Richie goes, Fonz, Davy Crockett died at the Alamo. And he goes, yeah, you're right. Okay, give me this. No, no, I want this one. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're hiding. And all of a sudden, like, Mother Dunbar comes in. She goes, she goes, oh, and he goes, oh, wait, wait, you know, where is it? They, they put on these voices, right? And, and the father just goes at one point, he goes, he goes, you know, this is very exciting. He just breaks it. He breaks it for one minute. He goes, this is very exciting. And he just goes, jumps back right into everything, right? So then mm-hmm. also they're about to leave, and there's a panty raid, and Ralph, Mal, Mouth, and uh, Ralph, Ralph, and Mouth, and uh, Potts running. And they're like, oh, my God. We just got two of the ugliest girls in the dorm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one looks like Fonzie. And, like, Ralph's like, that is Richie and Fonzie. So, you know, they, they get they get shooed away by Mother Dunbar and Richie Richie leaves and then you know um Fonzie's about to leave and he's like, I'll go, I'll go. She's like, What are you gonna do about it, slick? And he turns, he walks up to Mother Dunbar, takes the book, puts her and gives her a big sloppy wet kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I bid you adieu. And he walked, he jumps out the window. And she goes, Oh, come back, Slick. Now, there's an interesting side note to that story. Fonzie gets his library card in that episode. Mm-hmm. Public libraries in the United States, people got their library cards. It quadrupled within two weeks. They were inspired by watching the screen and it's imitating <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> That happened, and it, th- they had one where Richie almost died when he's in a motorcycle accident. I think yes. I saw that one. And that was a good one where 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 Fonzie didn't you know Fonzie says a prayer to Richie. Um, they did an episode where um, Richie and Fonzie gets counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that episode? I definitely hey, saw I the do. counterfeit one, and he's having to embrace the fact: "Hey, you committed theft. Just give it back. People will forgive you if you're yes. honest." He realized that it's part of a counterfeit ring, and that the guy who's running it is a guy called the Candyman. <laughs> yes, and and I, it's one of the best episodes because it's a two-parter. They start doing two-part episodes. They start doing one where Richie and Fon- Fonzie almost get married to two really good looking Norwegian farm girls. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Laverne and Shirley have to save them. Right. We're making a dumb mistake. <laughs> yeah. And they had, I mean, they had a couple, you know, they really were getting more and more sillier as time went on. Like Ralph gets hypnotized by a professor at school. <laughs> and not afraid of anything, but he knows there's going to, the professor knows there's going to be a tornado. That's gonna hit Milwaukee, you know, hit Milwaukee, and <laughs> yeah, the professor was Leon Askin, the guy who was General Burkhalter on Hogan's Heroes. Oh wow! Yes. How would you like to see the front clink? Shut up, clink. Um, I mean, I don't very right. nice people who are on the front. I just want to be. Well, my father was a famous guy. Shut up, clink. Um, what was the and they had some really good episodes. They had one where. Richie and Mouth and uh, Patsy move in together into an apartment. And that was supposed to be 
kind of a backdoor pile into Rich, to Mouth and um, Mouth and Patsy having a like you know doing like an odd couple thing, and you know Gary Marshall was like, eh, eh don't worry about it, you know, and uh, you know we, we we'll just we'll just have them come on and off the show, you know, um, and uh, you know it was it towards the end of that I think that fifth sixth season, you know, that the was where everyone's going their own ways and they're having to just like you say make it goofier as opposed to yeah. have better scripts <laughs> yeah and they they bring in you know also it changes over you know fonzie's still there they still you know Fonzie, you know henry winkler's still there aaron moran has grown up and boy did she grow up um and <laughs> and, and and scott Bayo grew up yes he did and when I saw him on Arrested Development, that just illustrated to me even more how deep the whole just Ron Howard clan is. Like, if he loves working with you, he will put you in every one of his movies. But it's he he became like the teen idol. It wasn't yeah. Henry Linker anymore. Henry Linker was getting older. And they Henry they, was they, pretty much like the Star Trek guys where he just said, hey, that's all you see me as. That's all I have to offer as an actor. So I'm just going to direct and produce now like Ron. Yeah, well, he 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 did that afterwards. He kind of was like he done heroes. And then and he produced he, MacGyver, and yeah. No, no, I'm talking while he was on Happy Days. Oh, while he was, he, yeah. He did two movies that are really good. One was Heroes with Sally Field, and then he did a movie called The One and Only, where he played a guy yes. who's a professional wrestler with Kim Darby, and I'm trying to think who the hell else was in that. Um, William Daniels, Hervé Velasquez. It was Carl Reiner who directed it, and it's a great movie to watch because he just—he's he, this guy who wants to just succeed in life, and the only thing he wants to do is he becomes a professional wrestler. Oh, and, wow! And he—it's he, a funny movie. It's—it's it's supposed to be like wrestling in the 1950s. Yes. So that's 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 a good. It's on YouTube somewhere. You have to watch the it. One Hero, and only. Okay. Heroes, he plays a Vietnam vet. And he meets up with Sally Field. He's like a he's like very screwed up in the head. I don't want to say he's got P, he's got PTSD basically. And he has to find a friend of his, and the friend is Harrison Ford. I think it was done like in 79, 78. So that kind of they were, you know, they they kind of looked and they went, Oh, okay, he can do more than just Fonzie. Right. Wants to be serious now. Yeah. And then not only that, um, Donnie Most did a movie called Big Bad Mama. Not <laughs> no Crazy Mama. He did Crazy Mama with um Cloris Leachman. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a Roger Corman movie. So, you know, they were all kind of like, you know, just jumping out, you know, doing their own thing. Um Marion Ross and Tom Bosley did an anti-smoking film. Yep. And funny thing is, that was like in the first couple seasons. The house they use is the Brady house. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess that's where you got to film a PSA. <laughs> yeah. So the funny, the thing is, is that you know that that that's that those couples. It's a great those seasons one through six, one through seven are great. The last four seasons, it's kind of like, I don't know. Let's see how far we can push this. They brought Ronnie Howard and um, 
Donnie most back for like a, a three-part episode or something like that. I think I um, saw it, but I was confused because yeah. I didn't know they had departed or whatever at one point, yeah. unless you well, were when, you lived when it. You're, when you're a kid, you got your parents have to tell you, well, you know, they're not there anymore, honey. They're they're going to do other things, and you're like, no, I want Richie and I want Mouth there, and you're like, no. Well, who's Roger? Uh, Roger's, um, you know, uh, Mrs. You know, Mrs. Cunningham, you know, Cunningham's cousin. Oh, okay. And I gotta say, Ted McGinley did a good job filling those shoes. He did. He did. I mean, yeah, the, granted, I mean, they say he's the series killer. Or anything. That's bullshit. I think that's bullshit. I think he did a great job being Roger, because when it when it became Roger, Patsy, and Chachi, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was the three of them. It was like the three Stooges. <laughs> yes, they were. There's an episode where Fonzie has broken up with his girlfriend. And you guys remember Fonzie had a girlfriend? And they had the, yes, little, they had the little girl, Heather O'Rourke, who was in Poltergeist. Yes. Yeah. Funny thing is, she was my age. She was like a year older or a year younger than me when she did poltergeist so what happened was was that um where we were um heather o'rourke fonzie got a real serious girlfriend for like a season <sighs> and the little girl there was this little girl he kind of like you know he started to show like you know paternal instincts you know being a father and all and then all of a sudden one episode she's like well my my husband came back and i'm leaving and he's heartbroken. So what they do is, um, Roger revamp it. Well, what they did was they tell in the the first episode of the season. Oh, you know, you know, Fonzie's really heartbroken since uh, you know so and so and her daughter left, and everybody went oh like that, like you know. Um. So what they do is <laughs> they take they so Patsy, Chachi, and Roger take him up to a singles camp. <laughs> and it's like the it's so funny to watch there's one where you know Fonzie gets shot in the ass and everybody <laughs> has a different version of the story how he got shot in the ass <laughs> you know makes um, you wish they could have actually said ass on TV well, yeah, <laughs> yeah um there was one episode oh well the one episode everybody knows is uh Anson Williams was when they were in college Anson Williams is getting flunked for anatomy and physiology, and he does the song about the heart being pumped, the blood. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. I so I think didn't they include it in a funniest TV moment special? No, it was actually they used it in an aspirin episode. Oh wow! Right. Aspirin thing for St. Joseph's aspirin or bare aspirin. They were like, oh yeah, let's just use that. So he got <laughs> and. Let's not let's not let's not let's not forget Anson Williams and Donnie Most were two of the best were funny when it was just Richie when it was them and Richie and you know Richie Mouth and and Potsy yeah. the three of them were great together you know yeah. when they brought when they would bring Fonzie and now it became the gang yeah and you know the great thing was was that. You know, you had you had this dynamic, you know, where you know, Patsy was kind of naive, but he was smart. Richie was the level-headed one. Mouth was the Joker, and Fonzie was the cool one. 
So there's this four-way dynamic that really worked during mm-hmm. those seasons. And when you took Richie and you took Ralph Ralph Malfoy, that was just, you know, that mm-hmm. was just it lost it lost the steam, you know. Um yeah. and I'm gonna say something I'm gonna say something a little weird here, but it in my mind it makes sense. You guys can tell me if I'm completely high. But um to me, uh Potsy and Ralph were the were the funniest straight men in TV history. Oh, I I gotta say when it's the two of them are when the two of them are trying to do something. It's just it's like watching like Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy. You know mm-hmm. you, one's one's dumb, but the other one is dumber, but he doesn't he doesn't want he doesn't want to be, you know I mean, for God's sakes, there's even a versus episode in season six. So yeah. Oh, um but I don't remember that one. Uh where he takes over for an absent advice column. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. And then there was the episode where uh, Ralph and Potsy moved into the same apartment, and they had a they got into an argument. They split everything halfway. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah, I don't care how many times TV does that; it always works. <laughs> <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, For instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. No, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, Nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at Breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. 
We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. I and I think the one thing they wanted to do was like you know if they if they could get Ralph and Patsy more they they were trying if you look at those episodes like there's some where Fonz was really they wanted to get Ralph and Patsy more into like what was going on because a lot of people liked them you know and there's a couple of episodes I love where um Fonz I think Howard sues Fonzie for damaging the roof on the garage mm-hmm. and the the judge is June Lockhart from lost (laughs) and bailiff the bailiff is the monk from the odd couple episode oh wow where he where he does where he says tie ball game um so the episode you have to watch is when you know how you know you know cunningham versus fonzie and 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 henry winkler just basically steals it out from everybody yes he does (laughs) and you know um there was, I mean, they did they did some great episodes, you know that that those first great seasons. But you know, again, when they left, they brought in Jenny Piccolo, Kathy Silvers, who I thought was I, I remember seeing this. I remember, wait, she kept talking about about Jenny Piccolo, but who is Jenny Piccolo? We didn't know who Jenny <laughs> yeah. Piccolo. Was. She was, you know, Joni's best friend since they yeah. were in school, and then we see. Kathy Silvers come in and she's this cute girl with, you know, the 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 pink bow in her hair. And I had a crush on Kathy Silvers. I'm sorry, Aaron Moran. <laughs> Kathy Silvers was like Kathy Silvers is comedy royalty because her dad was Phil Silvers. Silvers. Hey, and enough. he appeared <laughs> and he appeared on the episode where she was gonna marry Fonzie because you know it was some, something happened or something like that. And uh you know, he just had, I think he had a stroke like two years before, but he was still, you know, he was still with it, thank God. And yep. uh, so they brought him in. Um, and all I remember is they brought, you know, they brought Tom Hanks in for an ep- a couple episodes. <laughs> for an episode. They brought, they had one episode, Joni almost gets raped and the Fonz saves her. And that's one of the last episodes Fonzie does that. They had an episode where. If that's jo- not proof that he's a good guy, then what is? <laughs> Um, they had one episode where Joni tries to help a girl get off of drugs, awesome. you know, which is kind of ironic because Aaron, Aaron Moran, unfortunately, you know, fell into that trap. Um, you know, she didn't die from it or anything, thank God. Um, but she, you know, she, you know, is it kind of sad when you, you watch and you're like, oh God, you know, they were, they yeah. were starting to get more and more into like social things. Yeah. You know? And that, and, I'll I'll take it a step further. There were, there was an earlier episode too where they where they dealt with racism. You remember yeah. the episode where they with, with the Luau and the and uh, the guy uh, guy playing drums and band sticks. Yes, that yeah. was one. That's one of my favorites because it it shows really 
the character, figuratively and literally, of, of Richard Cunningham. They, they yeah. sit at the, uh, no, was it, yeah, they sit at the, uh, the segregated table, the, the lunch counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also the one where Howard has his war buddy come over who's black, and they're going to do the wedding in the house. Interesting. Buddy, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an early episode, you know. And, uh, you know, Marion has Marion has to just say stupid stuff. You know, it's not that she's stupid. She just knows how to, you know. And um, they do the wedding in the house, you know. And that's something that was, you know, topical for the time. They had one where he had to hire a handicapped mechanic because he was in a wheelchair. Wow, you remember that one? I I've seen yeah. so many of them, but I definitely yeah. have not seen that one. I think I saw just so much of just the mid seasons. But what this show really means to me is, you know, we've already basically have covered the basics on just the growing up, the teenage angst, mixing it yeah. in with young adult uh, stuff and everything, and stuff that everybody can relate to but then take it a step further and then talk about i mean just they had so many tender moments that were just reminding you hey they really are an unofficial family they all live in the same town but they legit answer to one another they love each other well the great thing about it was that you know fonzie became a part of that family yes and um they would always have callbacks to other yeah and it's kind of weird because that universe that he created and out of the blue when you were talking about that mm-hmm. i barely remember that show but i remember <laughs> on a saturday morning it got introduced <laughs> I bet. and we were all kind of we were all kids were like what the hell were you watching this for <laughs> you know the guy was an angel from what i remember the guy was an angel and he comes down to earth to help a family. That's all I remember about it. <laughs> you know, and I'm like sitting there I'm like, what the hell is this? And out of the blue didn't last too long. Jeez. I think it was like a season or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and you think about it too, what happened with Happy Days, at least it didn't end up like Laverne and Shirley. True. Because Laverne and Shirley, it was the two members of the cast that yep. drove the show. And all I remember is reading about how Cindy Williams left the show. Yep. Which was basically her husband's doing. Right. Uh, <laughs> he didn't want to get romantic with anyone on screen. He was pretty controlling. <laughs> he, he was controlling. He basically said, well, you know, you're gonna they're gonna be filming her during her due date. And the producers were like, Well, we can't ride around. She's like, Look, just you know, do something, have me in bed, do something. I you know, film around me, do something where I can't be seen, you know. But you could tell in those in those episodes she's starting to get pregnant. Um, when they moved to California. That's when I think it went downhill for them too. Exactly. And then and then Mork and Mindy, that fourth season, they got married. That's what it is. Granted, they brought in Jonathan Winters, which I thought was a good <laughs> idea. And that was oh. Robin Williams. Robin Williams asked for that. But to did me, he really? Oh yeah. He's like he did. He he said, he said, yeah, bring in Jonathan. 
have Jonathan play my son. It'll be great. And they were like, well, we don't know. He's like, no, watch. Watch. It'll be fun. And there are times when you watch that fourth season, they're all he's he just goes off somewhere. They said supposedly that they were filming um, because the third season, Jonathan Winters made a, a cameo appearance, made a guest appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best episodes where Mork makes a thing called Fleck, which is an organ dessert. And if you're human, it makes you go nuts. <laughs> like hysterically nuts, like funny, like, you know. Yeah. So Win- Winters eats it. <laughs> and he just okay. goes off. And he turns into Jonathan Winters, basically. Yep. He, becomes, he does Jonathan Winters. He just starts riffing. Jonathan and then, Winters and the Jonathan Winters story. <laughs> and, and then Mork and then Robin Robin jumps in. And for, for like five minutes they are just going off and you i was i saw that episode when they did the repeats on nickel nick at night and i was i literally had to like leave the room with holding my sides because <laughs> jonathan and robin like he says he says he says look boys look it's me whitey no not me the horse yes yes oh yes an american i'm gonna see you what are you doing uh just rainbow division man shape up shit out oh good oh yes Yes, and then Robert Rook says, "Father, father, oh, black people, why?" He says, <laughs> "Because he goes, oh, good to see you, good to see you, Brian, Brian, Brian." He says, "They threw me out of Sandhurst, father. Why? <laughs> For wearing a dress, a dress, a gown, a gown is much better." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, and then they, then they just go off, and then, you know, they said, "Okay, fourth season, let's let's they they changed directors." Hmm. You know, um, they got rid of Howard Storm. They put in somebody else. Howard Storm had done a majority of the shows. Um, gotcha. And, you know, it, it got to be where, you know, they said, okay, let's have Mork and Mindy get married. <laughs> it's the only which, way to go. <laughs> which not the greatest idea in the world. Yeah. And that it, fourth yeah. season, the plug got pulled. More, Laverne and Shirley, the plug got pulled. Even though that... Um, they were, you know, it just dropped in the ratings because, you know, there was no Shirley. It was just Laverne and somebody coming in as a, you know, as a guest star that night. Basically, One night they, they were the cool kids in school, but they didn't have any stage to stand on. So after a while, yeah, when one of the two yeah. leads leaves, you just got no show. <laughs> you know, and they were going to do one more season where they moved to New York, but they just said, uh, you know, Penny Marshall said in an interview, she's like, ah, I didn't want to try it. I didn't want to try it without her there. You know, that's how <laughs> much of, I think they really did love each other, Cindy Williams, because they, they made it sound like they were at each other's throats all the time. Right. I don't think true. I think um, Mr. Thompson, um basically built the anonymity between them, you know, and 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 Penny Marshall said when they says, "I walked on the set and my best friend was gone. What was I gonna do? You know, the <laughs> Laverne show. You yeah. know, and I still see people try to do it nowadays, and it's the same thing every time. It's like, guys, there's just no show without these guys. Just wrap it up. It, yeah. it'll feel more natural instead of trying to give a lame reason as to I've been suspended off the police force. I've been I've moved away to another country. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, what? No. <laughs> watch, those, 
uh, the later Laverne and Shirley episodes, they had people. They had John, James Belushi on. They mm -hmm. had uh, um, Carrie Fisher, Lorraine Newman. They exactly. had Ju yeah. Julie Brown. And at one point, Julie Brown's play, playing going to play a roommate who's going to you know, live with Laverne. And Ronnie Marshall, her sister, shows up. And yep. it's like they start like, it's like nobody put two into so then you know it's it's just like you know they had Charles Fleischer on a couple of episodes. <laughs> yes. They brought they brought, you know Murphy Dunn. Remember Murph and the Magic Tones? Uh, there you go. Oh yes. He's in one episode. You know, and, and then not only that, they were right, you know, those those shows, they would write shows for Lenny and Squiggy and Mr. DeFazio and Carmine. I'm surprised they didn't get the actual Blues Brothers on there. <laughs> no, no. But you probably uh, said SNL. You can't have that shit. <laughs> no, I think by the time that was that show was done, I think Belushi had died because um, mm. it's '82. It went off the air. Oh, that's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, she, 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 she oh, but with Happy Days, you know, the show was starting to lose its steam. And and they said, okay, everybody loves Joni. Everybody loves Chachi. Why don't we just do a show? <laughs> they'll move to Chicago, and they'll for and no we'll reason. Have, <laughs> we'll have Travolta, and we'll have Al Molinaro, and then we'll bring back Pat Morita because he's gonna, you know, he's gonna take over Arnold's again. And then you know, and and Gary Marshall's like, Gary Marshall's going, okay, let's see what happens here with this, and that tanked. You know, because nobody wants they wanted them back on happy days, you know. They wanted them back on happy days, you know. Bring Ellen Travolta on as a guest star as Chachi's mom, you Bring know. On John. Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saturday night. Chachi. Mom, there you go. <laughs> they did one episode. Where? Where? Did... <laughs> I mean, like it's unbelievable. All right. Like um, they did one episode where Joni and Whoever else was in that band, they they find out Paul McCartney's like staying in a hospital because he tripped and hurt his foot. Really? That's the episode I remember. <laughs> Damn. And it was really close. So this lasted cool. less than Laverne. <laughs> it's a 13, oh, yes. 13 weaker. <laughs> and that's yeah. the thing that gets me. It's a 13 weaker. So that falls apart. So they bring them back and they say, okay, let's have, let's have, let's just keep, keep building up, keep building up. They fall, you know, they give it, you know, let's just, you know, let's just do, you know, Scott's doing fine. He's just done zapped, you know, that'll be good for him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can imagine the, the, you know, Gary Marshall's going, okay, let's see, we'll move it from Tuesday to Thursday. Hey, yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, this is Gary Marshall in every every episode. Right, let's see what happens. We'll do this here. We'll do put that there. Right, let's see what he happens. Sure, took his time. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and, and meanwhile, Gary. The meanwhile, you know, Henry Winkler has just done night shift with Ron Howard mm -hmm. and Michael. You know, and yeah. Shelley Long. So that that kind of gives him a little bit of an impetus to, to say I can do more than just Fonzie. Yeah. You know. Um, got, he did actually say that in that recent Inside Actors. It, it's post James Lipton, but it was really cool in that he's just like, it hit in his exact words. I'm 
I'm uh, paraphrasing, but he was just essentially just like it. it I woke up that day and I said, Hey, I don't need this anymore. Uh, I, I need to be in control of everything I do from this point on. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, you know, the show kind of kept going, you know, it was kind of weird to see Mrs. Cunningham with a different haircut, you know, and <laughs> of course, you know, Tom Bob's was... a wig. No, it was just her hair. But Marion Ross was like, just she let looked me like hell that year. Let me wear my hair down. You know, it's 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 the sixties. It's not the fifties. Let's just you know, let me look better than I did before. You know, blah blah blah. You know, all that and you know all that jazz. Air, yeah. You know, Crystal Bernard. I think they dropped, or she stayed on, or something like that. Um, and they still, you know, Ted McGinley was still there, and you know, he was doing. You know, the show was still. It just was losing steam, and the kids were growing up. And how many stories could you keep going? <laughs> and all I remember is that last episode I watched, and I was kind of going, "That's the end." That's <laughs> it. Tom Bosley turns to the camera and says, "Thank you for our happy days." He just looks at the camera. He didn't do anything, you know. He didn't do anything. Ronnie Howard was there. Linda Goodfriend was there. You know, uh, Fonzie was there. You know, I don't think I think Anson Williams like had left the show at that point. You know, Bonnie Most was there. You know, and they would have been great to have. You know, the 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 cast there. You know, to just come in some send off instead of just like oh by the way it, it's but done. remember <laughs> it's the wedding it's the wedding Joni loves Joni marries Chachi and that's yeah. it and we were done and. You know, that was mm. it. Happy ended. I think, you know, ABC was going to go, okay. And Gary Marshall was like, okay, I'll direct the movie. I'll do the heartbreak. <laughs> I'll do Pretty Woman. You know, I'll see what happens. I'll get I people. Can... Like, <laughs> I'll do movies again. You know, nobody's going to remember, hey, landlord, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, remember, he was on that show, hey, landlord. And, you know, it's like, I like, think so. Didn't he come up with the concept too? <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, nobody's gonna remember, hey, landlord, I'll just stop the I'll the route, I'll make movies, don't worry, I'll be fine, you know. And he, he, you know, he went off to be a great movie director, and so did Penny, you yep. know. Fortunately and, enough, they, they had a backup plan too, they just kept trying. They had, and truth be told, so many producers loved working with them just because they were just so goddamn charming. <laughs> they were. And the one thing I think Ronnie Howard said was when he left Happy Days, Gary Marshall took him aside and said, you know, you're going to be a great director. Because, you know, he learned from he he worked with Corman, right? Yes. He worked yep. with Jerry Paris. He worked with Gary Marshall. You have three guys there that are, you know, teaching you the ins and outs of directing. And yep. I remember when he did Night Shift, everybody was going, Ron Howard directed this? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Number one, it's it's you got two guys in there that really know their shit. You know, you got a great female lead. Mm -hmm. you know, and he does Splash. Oh, and yeah. Then he, and then yeah. he does, you know, Gung Ho. I forgot what else he did. You know, he did Splash. He did Apollo. So Ronnie Howard kind of went from being 
little you know little opie richie cunningham to ron howard i'll direct what i want to fucking direct now um <laughs> and anson williams anson williams became a director you know I didn't know scott bale's an asshole um well, we know that. <laughs> I didn't know Anson. So Anson, what, what did Anson direct? He's directed a lot of TV shows and like independent films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he's and done. I think pre- he's also. I think he's also an acting coach too. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing and it now. He, Holy fuck! He basically was CW Aaron Spelling City. I had no idea. Wow. Yep. Yep. And uh, damn. Also, Donnie Most worked. He ran as a mayor. What the? Yep. (laughs) You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like the thing they said was. You know, Donnie Most. What's he most famous for? Well, you know, you get out of Happy Days, you're basically going to get recognized, and you're going to you're going to want to do different. You know, he worked with. You're going to buy someone lunch probably at that same diner. (laughs) You know, he. You know, he was in. I think I remember he was in Ed TV. I think he so. Played, that was Ron Howard Productions. Guys in Ed TV, um, one of the one of the corporate guys. But I remember seeing him in like Quantum, you know, in a couple of TV shows, and it was like, you know, I remember he's in like one of the last episodes of Charles in Charge. Uh, there and you Scott, go. Scott, Scott Bale gives him this look of like, you know, you look really familiar to me. And he's like, <laughs> I get that all the time. So that was he plays a guy who wins a lottery ticket who gets hit by a car, and like. Uh, Scott Bay and Willie Ames try to claim the ticket for themselves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, he's also, yeah, he was also the voice of Eric, the, the, the Cavalier in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yep, that's wow. yeah, wow, okay, yeah, which also ties in with Willie Ames, who played Hank, and Adam Rick, who played Presto. Yep, and if anybody remembers. After Happy Days, right towards when Happy Days was going off the air, and Laverne and Shirley went off the air, um, Gary Marshall was put to, put the was put to an idea of a Hanna Barbera. You know, he's like, you know what? Let's do a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, let's Hannah, put, let's put this here. Let's put the time traveler here and give the give the fun the dog. A dog in a taxi. Yeah, kids will love it. Well, we'll 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 do okay. A cartoon. All right, you want to do a cartoon? What should we do a cartoon of? Well, we've got Mork and Mindy. We'll we'll give Robin Williams, Pam Dauber, and Conrad Janis. <laughs> I'm convinced that Jerry unofficially influenced Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got then, a car, for God's sakes, is the time travel. I mean, like, come on. And, no, no, no. We, no, no, no. No, in 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 Fonzie and the Happy Days gang. Oh, well, well how did they travel around? Because there was a vehicle it in was, one. It was like a is basically a flying saucer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a flying Wasn't there saucer. A phone booth almost like Doctor Who at one point. Well, no, it was like I'm just they would, wrong. Right. They would, <laughs> would jump into these like you know, they'd be like, you know oh, there's lots of jumping, but <laughs> no, it was like like, you know, one day they're outside Al's and a spaceship lands and it's it's you know, it's Ralph, you know, Richie, Fonzie, Fonzie's dog, Mr. Cool. And they meet a, a girl named Cupcake, voiced by Dee Dee Khan. Khan, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's she, you know, they're like they're like, and it's Wolfman Jack going, yeah, they're stuck through, they're flowing through time, baby. Can they get back to Milwaukee? And I'm like, 
course they're going to give that to Milwaukee, you schmuck. That's why you think they're going to have sweeps week one day when Richie if shows up. If they don't up. get back, then why do we want to watch? <laughs> yeah. And then they had. Didn't they Levert... cancel it before they had a resolution? What was that? Didn't they cancel it before there was a resolution? Oh, I, 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 I think, I think they... so. Because no one they... was watching. So they were like, yeah, kids won't miss this. Just kill it. <laughs> well, yeah, but they, but not before it... they also did a, a, they backed up with the Bervert and Shirley in the army. With, yeah, commanding uh, officer who was a pig. Yeah, uh, Ron Palillo played the pig. <laughs> it was Ron Palillo and Kenneth Mars, and they were they were like the CEO, and like the pig talked. I mean, this is yeah. cartoons, right? And then what they did was they had it where Laverne and Shirley, it was Cindy Williams and Penny Marshall. Cindy Williams left, and they got um, Lynn Marie Stewart, who was Penny, who was cindy williams friend and lynn marie stewart we all remember played miss yvonne on the Wee herman show oh, oh yeah. wow okay she, she wow. has a and she appeared in a couple episodes of laverne and shirley so what happened was was that they did laverne and shirley in the army and then all of a sudden fonzie shows up of course and, as he does as he does and you know i think he's you know they've gotten back to him a while and they 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 um they had him as the head of the auto pool in that second season. So him <laughs> and Mr. Cooler there. Oh, and the 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 the, uh, the Mark Mork and Mindy one. They had Mork travel back to when Mindy's in high school, but she still looks like you know Mindy Pam Dauber, Mindy McConnell. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, as you could, and and then you just think to yourself. When you watch the reruns of it, you're like, and to think he's going to play the genie in Disney one day. <laughs> that and Ferngully. <laughs> and then the only thing people will remember is that Gilbert Gottfried played the parrot. There you go. You know, Voice acting 101. And I can imagine, like they said, well, uh, Gary, we want to do cartoons of your three three most famous shows. Okay, don't worry about it. Go ahead. Saturday morning. You can just do it. No problem. You know, just go ahead. And um, they did, you know, they, they it, it ran for like one season, two seasons, and then that was it. You know, that was it. it. I know you can get the Mork and Mindy and Laverne and Shirley stuff on YouTube. And I That's think good. you can get Bonds and the Happy Days gang on there. Oh, yes. Also. So it's kind of like weird when you watch it. You're like thinking to yourself. I'm watching the death of the Roman Empire. <laughs> I'm watching every awful event in history. Like just... I'm watching, I'm watching the crashing of the of the Hindenburg. There you go, the Hindenburg. <laughs> because you got to realize at that time, and I remember it very carefully. ABC was still tops on Saturday morning, and they thought, mm-hmm. "Hey, we take our three best shows, put them as a cartoon, and." kids will eat it up well they didn't eat it up yeah yeah and i keep thinking gary marshall's going ah it's cartoons who cares you know, let's let's move let's move working let's move working mindy from thursday to sunday so they could go against archie bunker's place and uh laverne and shirley uh will we'll move them over here and you know um he's a like of a guy but there's no denying he there is a lot of desperation like after this is all said and done where it's just like yeah, you just gotta come up with something new. You just can't ride off the coattails of that anymore. 
<laughs> well, the thing was, was that the thing I've always said about Happy Days was that it, first, like Henry, you know, Henry Winkler was, um, you know, got into production. So he did MacGyver. He did, yep. remember the show John Ritter did called Hooperman? I oh, yeah. heard of the Hooperman. I think that was one of the first Steven Bochco productions, also. So, yeah. Yeah. So Henry Winkler got into production and he wasn't, you know, he would, he would do the odd role once in a while. Yeah. And then I remember he got cast in Scream as I the principal. So. Yeah. As the principal gets killed. And then when they did uh, the spoof on Scream, what was it? Uh, A scary, scary movie, movie, I think. Yeah. Scary movie. David Lander played the principal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And here's something <laughs> funny. They're filming that movie. Um, if you watch a couple of the episodes of Laverne and Shirley, those later episodes, Michael McKean isn't in it. A couple of them. Yeah, he was filming <laughs> Spinal Tap at the time. Oh wow! And then not only that, him and let him and David Lander did used cars together. Yes, they did. Yes, which is one of the best fucking movies. I'm sorry, but that's one of the best Robertson Mecca's movies of all time. I love, yeah. I love Hell, it. doesn't even feel like typical Zemeckis because Zemeckis, from this point on, when he gets spoiled on effects, he kind of forgets what he started at with. Which well, remember, he, he'd he done I Want to Hold Your Hand. True. With Bob and then Gale. He, but... Yeah, him and Bob Gale. And then they did, uh, um, you know, Used Cars, which is like one of the best movies. You know, I love Used Cars. I love it because Kurt, yes. Kurt was just slime balled in it, but he's so funny. Yeah. And they got out. I got Al Lewis in it playing the judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the car's got to be one mile long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Craig Russell, piece of shit. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jack Warden couldn't act his way out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I had under that rope? You know, I had under that rope. What'd you have, Al? Nothing. I was naked underneath. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang this gavel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, um, the thing is, is that if you watch the, if you watch Happy Days, and your your Happy Days takes you to a time when TV was well written. You know, because you look at comedy now. I think the closest I could come to. Happy Days being well written is the Big Bang Theory, you know, with yeah. that same catch. initial years, sure. Nowadays, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, and then as you know, as Happy Days went off the air, you had Cheers come on, you had Taxi, you know, Taxi was still Taxi was on. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, yeah, that I'm just kidding. I... Yeah. <laughs> You know, Cheers, Taxi, you know, all those, all those. It was, I saw that Jeff Conaway was in one of these episodes and I just thought, hey, that's totally got him the taxi gig. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone saw him on one of those episodes and it was either that or Greece, maybe, or both. I don't know. No, it was that episode. I think that's what got him. And not only that, I think what got him taxi was him, yeah, him being in Greece, being Kanicki. But the thing I love about it is, watching watching those episodes and you think to yourself i was only about seven eight six seven years old not even that when i was watching those shows going this i like these shows you know 
I yeah. liked Liverman and Shirley. I liked Mark and Mindy. You know, I liked Happy Days. You know, and when you find out and later, it was a legit love as opposed was, to a well, everyone else likes it. I better too. And it's like, no, it's just so natural. It's it was a it was bringing you back to a time where, you know. I mean, Laverne and Shirley was basically I Love Lucy with two Lucys. <laughs> but but it's the cast that always made it good. You know, that's what made the cast so good with Happy Days. You know, you had Tom Bosley and, and you know, Marion... Marion... Uh, Marion Ross? Marion Ross, yeah. You know, playing the best mom and dad in the world. And, you know, I remember one episode, you know, Howard goes, where's my dinner? And she slams everything down. There's your dinner. Yes. Now, <laughs> you know, but she would come up with some quick one-liners where you'd be hysterical laughing, you know? Yep. Um, and Howard, you know, Howard was the, was the well-meaning father. And the thing that gets me is Bosley had just done a show where he played a dad called wait till your father gets home. That's which right. Was, was a two season sh- it was Hannah Barbera it was kind of like family guy um, <laughs> wow and the thing, the thing was was that they did that show and it was very you know it was really cool to watch and uh i uh i kind of was like i was kind of like oh okay you know so he's kind of preparing to be you know Howard Cunningham and the great thing is, after that went off the air, you know, he did Father Dowling. Marion Ross did Brooklyn Bridge, where she played a Jewish grandmother, mm-hmm. which she, I think she got nominated for an Emmy or something like that. She did. She did. She, did. she didn't win, but she did. And, uh, you know, she, she you know, they, they, it was like, it was kind of like, for me, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, you'd see him on TV, you'd be like, hey, there's Mr. Cunningham, you know. Hey, there's uh, you know, there's Patsy. Hey, there's Scott Bayo hitting on a girl who's just come in from out of town. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, the guy who you know, Scott Bayo, the guy who took Nicole Sheridan and Pam Anderson. Uh, yeah, he's got you, you know that, right? Yeah, I actually, I, I did not know this, but the, this is very fascinating stuff. <laughs> yeah, him, him, and uh. Him and the older girl from uh, Charles in Charge were dating. Oh, wow. And then he met Pam Anderson. He was dating Pam Anderson uh, when she just, I think she'd just been in Playboy or something like that. Oh. And, you know, it was kind of interesting, interest level raised. Family, family. (laughs) I did one of the best things. They're like, somewhere this is going, and somewhere Scott Bayo is hitting on a 19 year old starlet. And uh <laughs> that's a good Peter Griffin. The only, yeah, the only the only way that that story could be even better is if he would have if he seduced them with wah wah wah. Yeah. <laughs> and they and then they look down, they'd be like, nah, nah, nah. Um so yeah. But and then you know, unfortunately, you know, that you know um, you know, you know, Ted McGinley went on to do Love Boat the last couple seasons. Yes, he did. And was not and it sank like a Titanic. And let's just say those last seasons of the Love Boat were not as good as I thought they would be. Um famous last words but, sounded good on paper. 
but um, let's just say this right now. He broke the streak with Marys with Children because if everybody remembers, he did It's a Bundleful Life. <laughs> he appeared as as the dad Al should have should be. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Kin- and and Kinnison is the is the guardian angel. Yes. For that episode, he went up and he goosed Peg Bundy. <laughs> he grabbed Peg Bundy's ass. And someone's um, got to do it? Question mark. <laughs> when they what they did was they said, they said, um, okay, they, they said, all right, Steve's leaving the show. We got to bring in somebody else. And they're like. Well, why don't we bring in Ted McGinley? He's the guy that always comes in and every show. We'll be on for like one more season. Well, you know what happened? They <laughs> the were on opposite. seasons. And I remember he got introduced and everybody was cheering because <laughs> they loved him. They loved him, you know. And he did Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, he did. And yes, he did. How natural. You know, you go from being the jock, you know, on Happy Days and then you're on a different type of frat <laughs> boy city. Yeah. You know, and you know, he played. He he was. You know, he he did. And I think he did. Like, I think he did. Uh, what was that one? Um, with uh, Kelly Ripa, where it was like the two of, and Faith Ford. Remember oh, that? Hope and Faith. I think. Yeah, that Hope was. Faith, he played the husband on that show. That wasn't really my thing, but I. Uh, it, it's very. It is interesting though how, in many ways, don't you kind of feel like these kids, these actors, in a way, this show kind of made them ready to be adults in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of meta, and they didn't even realize it until they were halfway through the program. <laughs> it's kind of like they said, "All right, here's what's going to happen. You guys are all going to start out. I think the most established one. You guys suck. No, just kidding. That would yeah. be terrible. I hope a producer Howard. didn't tell him anything messed up. <laughs> Ronnie Howard was the most established one because he had done, you know, uh, you know, Andy Griffith, and oh, then yeah. he had. You know, and then he'd done like, you know, he'd done, you know, uh, American Graffiti. And then we're going to just put people around him that fit well, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's that case of the cast fits, the writing fits. You know, you have that breakout star in, you know, Henry Winkler. Um, you have the, uh, you have it where, um, you know, everything goes and then you know your two of your leads leave but you bring in some but some other people the show still carries on till a point and then you just pull it out from underneath and you're like okay we're done see you later <laughs> bye you know and yep. and that's the thing the gary marshall happy the happy days thing was everything fit perfectly up to a point you know and i think the thing that got me was if you watch that those last seasons of Happy Days, there wasn't a recycling of any script. There wasn't a recycling of anything done. You know, like sometimes they would recycle scripts on TV shows. I don't too many they, times. Yeah. I well, because so much of it was improvised with, you know, Fonz, you do something funny, you know. Everybody else, yeah. you you start the scene and it's like they had enough to go off, but also enough to just keep the scene going to where it never felt like they were just making shit up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and and something else that i don't think we really touched on but it is but i think it's vital to the, to the show's success is the fact that they really were a tight-knit family behind the scenes yeah. they had a they had a softball team comprised yeah. of 
happy day stars and they would go out and do and play softball and they were generally they generally were fond of each other yeah they, they became the family that that we saw Did any of them play out have the a bad upbringing and this was their second family or were they all pretty clean aaron, for the most part aaron moran was basically a uh orphan no, she was a she was a, a you know she was a child actress, gotcha. and one time I think Marion Ross said she said I would never let my child do what Aaron Moran is doing because supposedly I think Aaron Moran was very sort of pushed a lot by her mom. I'm sorry, um, you know. And the great thing was is that Marion Ross was kind of like the mom to everybody there, um, and. You know, uh, Tom Bosley was like the you know would give them advice like wait for the laugh to end to do your line. Yeah. Don't don't you know don't do this don't do that. So you know it was kind of like you know then you know Mama Bear and Papa Bear were there, and you know <laughs> the great thing was was that you know they were all the, you know, Gary Marshall his 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 magic was to have everybody come in one spot, you know, and say okay. This is our family. This is how we are. This is how we're going to be. You know, he never, ever said, okay, you guys are on your own. Bye. See you later. Never did that. You know, he was always involved. And the thing was, he knew the right people to pick. You okay. know, and great thing about him. You know, he, he had, you know, the guest. So he really guest. was a dad in real life, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was. And the thing was, was that, you know, he he knew he knew how to make a good cast. He learned that from the from the odd couple. Mm. He learned the two guys to. What the hell was that? That was a hiccup. Okay, that's not puppy. I'm sorry okay. about that. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, I just get I just hear. A... I'm like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just became a man. <laughs> my hellhound. Either way, I'm keeping it in. I swear, um, I'm keeping it in. <laughs> And at some point, I'm like trying to, I, 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 I wish someone would write an autobiography, would write a biography about Gary Marshall, because to me, he's he's the guy. Like you got Norman Lear, you know, he breaks the boundaries of television. All in the family, the Jeffersons, Maud, you know, Sanford and Son. Maud, he was good on Maud. Yeah, you know, he was well. Norman Lear, well, yeah, when he created Maud, oh, no one, no one ever did that before. You know, had a woman as strong as. B. Arthur on TV, mm -hmm. but Gary Marshall, he was more of the, all right, put it together, see what happens. If it falls apart, we do it again. You know, he didn't, he didn't have anything where it was like, you know, he kind of knew when things were going to run their course and he kind of knew when things weren't going to run their course, you know? And to me, you know, he had those two shows in happy days and Laverne and Shirley, he had Mork and Mindy and, yep. you know, he had, you know, out of the blue, Blansky's Beauties and Who's Mind the Kids. Those, those three, he's kind of like, oh, okay, okay, thirteen weeks, you're done. You know, get, we'll we'll make another show out of it. You know, um, and I said, oh, and we forgot James L. Brooks too. Oh, yes. More Rhoda, key sitcom what, writer. Mary Tyler Moore, Rhoda. Mm -hmm. um, Mary Tyler Moore, Rhoda. Phyllis, um, 
I keep thinking the the original Ted Knight show from the seventies, but no. Oh man. <laughs> where he played the the escort service, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. The best thing I've ever seen is in night shift. I'm sitting there watching it th- that one night, and I'm, I hear pimps. You want us to be pimps? We're not gonna be pimps, Chuck. We're gonna be love brokers. <laughs> I heard that, and I heard when I heard. Say pimps, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna get so much backlash for doing this movie. And then I was like, wait a minute, no, he's not. He's an actor, he's just doing a job. And you know, the thing I've said is, you know, he was working with Michael Keaton, who was, you know, the loose cannon on the movie. You know, he wasn't a loose cannon on the set, but you know, he's he's you know, he played he's, he played he's, it too well to where you were almost wondering, is it can, will he go there? <laughs> you know. You got your pros. You got you know. Here's okay. Let's break it down. Okay, you got your pros, pros. You got your pros. Tit that explains itself, and tuition, which is you know whatever that means. Um, and you know, I I just think I think about it too. I think about it. I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like Happy Days is just this bygone era of television where. The writing, everything fell into place. You know, totally. And... Everything was like a domino effect. And then when when the shows kind of split off, and you know he he you know Grant, I mean there's you know there's Mork and Min, you know Pluto has a channel committed to Happy Days. Do they? And yeah. it's it's just the three shows. You know, it's the big three. Um. I can't see them do anything with like out of the blue unless that's going to be a one-off thing or, you know, Joni loves Chachi. I don't think anybody wants to see that. Um, <laughs> you know, and I found that Joni loves Chachi in Korean means Joni loves penis. I've heard, I don't think that's true though, but I just keep thinking to myself, well, Scott, but was a big dick. So, um, yeah, there's not going to be a reunion anytime soon, and I think that's just they, it. <laughs> They've all deviated they, from it enough. They did a re a, a reuniting a, a reunion online about a year or so ago. Really, during COVID? During COVID, and Mrs. and and Marion Marion Ross read on the thing. She still got it together, you know. Wow. And you know, for ninety something years old, she still got it together. And she played Mrs. C, and they had a lot of other people playing. And he's like, "I'm not doing it." For, oh, it was for Biden. It was for Joe Biden. And he's like, "I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because yeah. it's for Joe Biden." And I'm like, "You, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch!" I mean, hell, I don't like Joe Biden, but come on, if you're doing a good charity cause, it really doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day. Just have fun. You know, <laughs> have fun, man. You know, don't, don't yeah. fucking, don't. You know, he's he's. You know, I hate to say it, but you know, Scott Bale's become. I've heard some sexual assault allegations. I'll yeah, let everyone I've else do what too. they want. I, I mean, I've I can heard. see him being a bad boy. I don't know if he took full advantage, but you know, I'll leave it to his lawyer to defend him. Because yeah, well, well, one I've thing heard. at the end of the day is, like you say, we we pretty much have established from this point on. This show started out good, 
and then with the spinoffs it kind of faded away but the nostalgia and love for it has carried on yeah exactly yeah exactly. I, mean, they're, they're, I don't yeah. know how because like you say every other sitcom just seemed to have just comedy that went too far or cast members got too personal and left and it seems like this is one of the few somehow with the 11 year run it even when it was running out of steam people were still tuning in and loving what they saw so i'm yeah i really and don't you know the magic <laughs> you gotta remember too after that final episode they still had episodes in the can that weren't shown didn't they wow yeah they, they showed about six down or seven episodes. They were summer replacement shows. <laughs> so they would show they would show them during the summer. They'd be like, oh, Happy Days is back, but you know, limited time. Um, and they were showing these sick, they were like a couple of shows, like one is Chachi has diabetes. I think the other was <laughs> something else. You know, it was just kind of like, uh, well, that you know, and weird. I think Gary Marshall's probably getting mostly, oh, we got six, seven <laughs> episodes, oh, run them, who cares? Run them, you know. You know, people like to see it one more time, you know, and it's, it was, you know, I, I just do that Gary Marshall invitation where he's like, okay, go ahead. I okay. love the dude. You know, <laughs> I love it. I, I love the fact yeah. he was just like, he was just like, fuck it. I don't care. You know, do it. You know, I mean, the dude was practically playing himself half the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to put a, to put a, a, put a stopper on happy days. Uh, first of all, I will defend that. That last scene in the last episode, I watch it repeatedly, and I absolutely love it. It is so perfect in its delivery and yeah, just a sentiment. Uh, I I I will I have to defend it. It, it I yeah, mean, it, no, it's fine. But, I, no, I, I didn't say anything but, bad about it. I just was like, yeah, I was just like, yeah. I mean, it's the perfect where he turns to the audience and he's like, "Thank you for being here for us," you know, yeah. because how it ends you know you know the, the family's yeah. there the friends are there and it's like okay we're going bye-bye you know yeah. this is and the, we, we were there for you you were there for us you know and i think the great thing is when you see it it wasn't like mash where mash was kind of like <laughs> no mash was kind of like you know sledgehammer being i mean nothing against mash i love mash yeah, but when I watch Happy Days, it's like you watch these people grow up and grow older. I You've like watched... Mash, but it was kind of one of those kind of like Back to the Future. I saw it way too much to where it doesn't kind of mean anything to me anymore. You know what I mean? You, you saw it, it way too chicken. much. It wasn't a chicken. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, but the... uh, for, yeah, uh, for me, uh, Happy Days encapsulated and the reason why it's so beloved even today is not only does it take it back to a simpler time but every episode or just about every episode was so tight it, the people yeah. were on spot you this was lightning in a bottle every week even the even the bad episodes like when they go out to the dude ranch or <laughs> when is jumping over the shark you those still have the elements necessary to to really to really just just remind us why it was such a popular show and why it remains such a popular show. It is some of the best television out there. Uh, definitely go watch it if you have some of the seasons. Just go back and watch them. I 
I mean, every it almost seems like every decade there's one show that kind of encapsulates. I'm going to use a big word here: uh, the, the zeitgeist of the time. Yes. Happy Days for me was encapsulates the seventies so well. Uh, for the eighties, I would say it's WKRP in Cincinnati. Nineties, oh, maybe Frasier. Oh, but, definitely Frasier. Oh, yeah. But you're, but, but with every decade, there's that one show that is fixed there, but it becomes much bigger than the decade it's in. Happy yeah. Days, it is that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy Days. I would have to say Cheers. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a bunch of shows. Like I always say, they're like the best show: Taxi, Cheers, Happy Days, um, Laverne and Shirley. Um, you know, Frasier. Uh, I've actually never encountered anyone who hates Happy Days. Like, not a single person. I've never even seen anyone online. It seems like it's the rare crowd pleaser because everything else, I'll see people complain. Oh, the laugh track wasn't was too forced, or the writing got sour and such and such year or i didn't like that comedian in any other role but yeah i've never heard anyone say oh happy days isn't funny or it didn't well, have any significance the, the, the thing i've always said about happy days was when they also the thing that worked was when they went to the live audience mm, yeah. the live audience reaction was a lot better because everybody now had to time out when they were going to say something yes they can you know improve upon it and tom i gotta say this you said lightning in a bottle it was lightning in a bottle all in the family yeah. was lightning in a bottle. The yeah, Jeffersons absolutely. were lightning in a bottle. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son, lightning in a bottle. Um, Benson, soap, lightning in a bottle. Um, yes. You know, uh, Laverne and Shirley, lightning in a bottle. Mork and Mindy, lightning in a bottle. You know, there, there's shows that, you know, Three's Company, lightning in a bottle. And mm-hmm. you got to think, too when they were doing those shows, they were like thinking, okay, you know, the Nielsen charts were always like coming out and they were saying, okay, we're here, but we can move up to here. Cause you gotta realize happy days was on the verge of being canceled. Like I said, after that second season mm-hmm. and Gary Marshall said, let's go to it. Let's bring in a live audience. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's change it up. And it went, went up in the ratings, you know, and then That's he, crazy. then he does, then he does Laverne and Shirley. Then he does Mork and Mindy, you know. And those three, those three shows were kind of like, you know, just you know, bam, you know. Gary Marshall was like the 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 man, you know. And Happy Days is the flagship. It's always going to be the flagship of of Gary Marshall's career in the seventies. I mean, the the Odd Couple was different, you know. The Odd Couple was not his baby. It was Neil Simon's baby. He just made it. You know, he just took took the him and Jerry Belson took the took the play, and they just said, "Okay, let's just let's just do Oscar and Felix, and we'll just expand it more, and it'll be funny to do." You know, mm-hmm. just totally. to see everybody's just to see everybody's reaction to it, and you know, when they did that, when they did that second season in front of the live audience, that's the great thing about it. And Gary Marshall was saying. He said once, he said something one time, he says, you put a comedy in front of a live audience and they laugh. Somebody, wasn't Gary Marshall, it was somebody else. He says, you put a comedy, you put a live audience with cameras and you do, and you do comedy and they laugh. You've got a winner on your hands. When they, exactly. when you have to use a laugh track, you know, it's like, 
what's where's you put the laugh track in uh, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna work yeah, you know it's just if you, you gotta have some kind of audience and if you want to add the laughter in afterwards that's okay but at least have an actual audience so that what we see visually is legit yeah i have watched episodes of um carol burnett where you can hear harvey corman laughing off to the side off the <laughs> off to the audience or or laverne and shirley when you can hear eddie mecca laughing off set because there's some <laughs> points you know there's some points like lenny and squiggy will do something or laverne and shirley will do something and they'd be laughing you could hear eddie mecca laughing you know and the weird thing about the good thing about i'm sorry not the weird thing but the strange thing about happy days was when you think about it it was a sitcom it was kind of like that it's a rare kind of sitcom kind of but yeah. it's kind of like in that father knows best um no fathers know, are it, a sorry lot moments at yeah. all yeah <laughs> what, what i'm saying is that you know you know we had sitcoms about families you know you had father knows best you with the beaver you know he's a lot of stuff this was now going into what um what we like what i like to call okay what's going to be the problem they have to go through you know and we're going to have a nice tender moment and a funny moment and that's when it that's when it gels for everybody we you know? got him kid yeah. we got him we got him where we want him you know we got <laughs> we got to get him in and then we just make him laugh and then we go oh okay that's 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 a good thing to say you know and I, I I miss happy days. I really do. I miss it. I miss it to where yeah. I've been watching the episodes and I've been saying they played the shit oh. out of it on not even beyond TV land, like every other My 27 or Me, Me TV carries it. But like yeah. even then, like for the longest time, like it just I was never really surprised to see any network carry it because it is just so damn pleasant. You can start anywhere, anytime, and you're just engaged with it, even if ron asks the question a little too forced or even if there's a blooper in the midst of a joke telling it's just like it doesn't yeah. matter because it's so polished otherwise to where it's just like yeah it's just it's special kind of unique i yeah, go ahead tom yeah. sorry that's fine um the way i'm seeing it now in 2023 is not that different from the way I saw it when, when I was growing up and watching in the 70s. There was a time in in our nation when we needed something to kind of alleviate the, all the all the crap so that was going on. And other shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still, we were just coming out of Vietnam. We were still having, there was war going on everywhere around the world. We had the Cold War. It was a very dark time. But Happy Days tapped into what we wanted and i and i will also say that i think it also tapped into a, a market that transcended um the, the typical 18 to 34 demographic and you had kids who were watching it you had older adults who probably lived through it watching it you had people right in the middle who were kind of who were more culturally aware more or socially aware and they were saying well yeah this is kind of what what i would love uh, this is what I remember or kind of remember or, and they loved it and then now going in 2023 we're going through dark times again and it's like comfort food that's the best yeah. way it's comfort food thing. but it sounds legit it's, with every sample food. 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's TV comfort food. It is that is the highest compliment you can give to any television series ever. If that's something you can pop into a, a DVD player, a Blu-ray player, watching on TV, watching on Netflix or whatever, anywhere or some, and you sit there and enjoy it. And how yeah. rare is it that every generation knows who the Fonz is? Like even if they've never seen an episode, they know the character because the character's been spoofed in every other public appearance. I think Winkler occasionally will do a convention if he's in a certain city. It's just an instantly recognizable character that made the just special kind of it's a special kind of geekdom in a way. Even well, here's Absolutely. the thing. The thing I've always said about that show is that you know, he made an icon. Like Archie, you think most of the icons we saw on this were done in the 70s. You know, Archie Bunker, George Jefferson, the Fonz, you know, um, Wonder Woman. Um, you know, I'm trying to think who else was a big icon in the 70s, you know. So we had a lot of those like television icons and the Fonz and Richie and Ralph and, and Potsy and the Cunninghams. And, you know, it was like they were this they were this family that a lot of people back then didn't have a family like that. You know, I can remember my friends, like, you know, my parents growing up, there was a lot of marital strife. And I, I would always be like, you know, oh, shit, I wish I had a family like the Cunninghams, you know. But then I'd be like, okay, well, no, this is what life is. You know, they were the, they were the ideal family. But, you know, Howard Howard ran the, you know, the store, you know, the, the hardware store. Marion was mm-hmm. the homemaker. And, you know, yeah. they had the two kids. And I remember Marion getting the job at Arnold's, you know, that one episode. Okay. And she, Richie, what are you doing here? Mom, I'm, I'm, what are you doing here? You know, um, you know, and, you know, the, the thing was, was that, you know, we the thing was, we always had that cool friend who was with us, you know, who would help us out if we had problems. We had our, you know, our... We had the one friend who was kind of a you know a nerdy guy, and then you had the one guy who was the practical joker. So you always had that you know that's the thing. It's what if if somebody like like I look at something like nine hundred two one zero right. <laughs> oh, I, no, don't 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 I don't know how no, we got no, there. I don't know how we got there. I know. Move, I know. Move I know. towards the light. <laughs> there okay. are four lights. <laughs> I look at something like nine hundred two one zero, and that to me was not what teenage life was like hell no even no, the people I, who wrote it know it wasn't legit they were just doing it happy days that's what teenagers life was like you know yep. we oh it was that bonding it was that feeling not care you know i always said like you know something like like when you're younger you watch happy days then you watch yep. cheer then you watch married with children which i think was a great show you know don't get me wrong it was a great show uh, you know, I loved it. I still love it to this day. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was back, you know, Happy Days kind of set this template for where everything, you know, you, you kind of felt after you watched, you were like, okay, I got to wake another, wait another week and I'll watch it. I'll watch another episode and we'll have a good time. That half an hour will be a removal, you know, space removal for me. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'll even go a step further than that. They, there were plenty of family shows that led up to Happy Days. Happy Days, I think, is as close to, per, to perfecting it as as we as we can see, um, because there was that element of realism to it, 
albeit with a with a, with a live studio audience laughing at different things, but still, you could relate relate to the characters in ways you couldn't relate to a a Wally and Beef or the Brady Kids or going back to nine one two. I know the the twenty five thirty year old people playing teenagers. Yeah, but that's true. but but they also said that. But the cool thing is that they also set up the the inversion of it. Yes. You, I don't think you could have gotten a, a married with children without uh, without a happy day. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, it was the thing about the thing I loved about Happy Days was that it kind of set a template for family comedies. And when Married with Children came along, granted, it wasn't the atypical family comedy, but of course, at that time, you know, it was they you know they wanted to puncture it. But the good thing was that the Bundys are still going to be one of the best families of all time, along with the Cunninghams, along with the Bunkers, along with the Jeffersons, you know, they're, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, and the Cunninghams, it, they were just, they were just fun to look, you know, they were fun, fun people. And, you know, if one went through a problem, you know, the father was there, or the mother was there. I love the episode, the Hollywood episode, Richie gets a contract for a studio, right? <laughs> This is where Fonzie was supposed to be the next James Dean, and they wanted uh, Richie instead of Fonzie, and and uh, and yeah, and you know Howard takes him aside and says, "Well, you know, I can't tell you what to do. Um, you know, your mother and I want you to go to college, and you know, you know, do something with your life. You know, twenty five thousand dollars—that's a lot a year, a lot per year, but you know." If I was Ozzy Nelson, I would I would know what to say, but I don't know what to say. You know, you make your own decision. That's a father telling his son, "I'm not. You do what you want to do. Right. You have your planned out. You don't have your life planned out for you, but go ahead and do it. You know, go ahead and do what you want to do. But you know, just a rarity. You know, just let you know. Just I'm just giving you some fatherly advice. And that's the great thing about Howard Cunningham. He'd always give that advice to somebody. You know, he'd always, you know, even if he didn't understand it, he would just say something and he'd be like, can somebody please tell me what's going on here? You know, he'd be <laughs> but he'd be so funny. And Mrs. And Mrs. Cunningham would say something. Oh, Howard, you know how, you know, yeah. and there was there was just such a Leading great a life magazine and everything. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. He's reading that life magazine. Ernie Kovacs is on the cover <laughs> of life magazine. The date is April 15th, 1958 when they moved Ernie Kovacs up the tax bracket. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the final word here. I think it was a great show and it was lightning in a bottle and you're never going to see that cast ever again. You're never going to see that writing ever I again. I can't even tell you why it worked. They're so close to it. <laughs> you know, it's like that thing with nuclear fusion, you know, yes. you, you get it and it runs perfect. Totally. You know, it never ran hot and never ran cold. You know, there were some bumps in the road. Um, you know, unlike some shows like One Day at a Time where, you know, you had That's one cast. contrast, up, yeah. You know, basically leave because, you know, she was too busy. Um, too busy. You know, she was basically, you know, down on her luck, unfortunately. Mackenzie Phillips yeah. was, you know, was, but, they, you know, but, you know, they brought her back and she left again, you know, but there was never a time where I saw a cast member 
be in trouble on that show. Never. And never. say, yeah. I'm leaving to get I, I never saw that. Erin Moran later in life, unfortunately, she ran into some problems. And, you know, that's the sad thing about her is that when she passed away, we thought it was an overdose. She had throat cancer. Hmm. Um, you know, some of, you know, unfortunately, some of them aren't with us anymore. Pat Morita passed away. Al Molinaro passed away. Tom Bosley passed away. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, we, we, we don't, we, we have their memories on video. And that's the great thing, you know, that's the great thing about that show. You know, those memories we're going to have seeing them. Oh, that's how know. we would, they would want to be remembered in a way, kind of. Yeah. Just yeah. Them at their know. best work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, and that fingerprint they've left on people who are fans of the show or people who've seen it. Every other yeah. It goes beyond, that. it goes well beyond just that time frame. Like you said, there are still people who want to be the Fonz. There are still people who will yes. respond well to, to the, to the wholesomeness of the entire show. Yeah. Yep. And that's the great thing about it is that wholesomeness. It was that thing of like seeing, you know, like one of my favorite episodes is uh, Richie gets a job as a DJ. It's one of the oh, first yes. couple episodes. <laughs> Richie, the, Richie the C. And the thing that cracks me up is, you know, he's 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 got to make this decision because he does he want a career? Does he want to be with his friends? And he decides to, <laughs> you know, chuck it to his career for being a DJ. Yep. And he's he he fails miserably. But the great thing is Howard tells him, okay, so you didn't do well. What do you want me to do? Or there was one where where Richie goes from hero to goat. And he's he's really brokenhearted about it. And Howard's like, "Look, it's it's just a game, you know. It doesn't care. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter in the end. You're still my son, and I love you, you know. Right. I mean, that's something. That's something you don't hear a lot today from a lot of parents. You don't hear it from many parents, yeah. but also you like. It seems like we're kind of back into the kind of the mean spirited comedy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be politically correct. There's all kinds of comedy we can love, but it does go back to that it knows when to have the tender moments and the mild drama without being soapy or risking being preachy and if a character missteps it is all in good fun but yeah it seems like every it's like i would see tender moments on like what we said like even a fresh prince or frazier episode but now it just seems like uh everybody just wants there to be a likable douchebag or idiot now but yeah. and that's and, what I miss. I miss that you know the, the thing that gets me is like you know Howard Cunningham was like any father that you know my my dad was not like Howard Cunningham. My dad was mm. well, you know, he could be, but you know, I want you know, I wanted you know John Walton. I wanted you know Howard Cunningham. Hell, I wanted you know John, you know John, you know James Evans. You know, yep. my dad was like that. My dad was more. You know, okay. So, you know, my dad was more like Howard Cunningham in a way. <laughs> he was like, he's like, okay, so something happened. You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's yep. not, you know, it's not going to weigh you down. And if people bring it up, don't worry about it. You know, yeah, it's not. Fault, if they're talking you know? smack about you, then you just be the bigger man and say, hey, you don't, you don't connect with me. 
and I don't connect with you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, this has been a delight. All. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a